Welcome to the Crispin Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Crispin. Topics on today's episode include the summer solstice, my interview with Morris Manning and Martin, LLPs, Bonnie Hawkman Rothel, on risks and re- legal considerations for lenders in a high-rate environment, and are we seeing a housing surge? Today's podcast is sponsored by MCT and its Hedge Advisory Division. Download their recently released white paper, Mortgage Pipeline Hedging 101, for more information on hedging in today's market. And contact MCT today to learn how Trade Auction Manager adds one and a half basis points of profitability through the digitization of TBA trading. Learn more at mct-trading.com. I realize that this is a mortgage commentary, but our business touches many aspects and many lives. Today is the summer solstice, marking the astronomical first day of summer in the Northern Hemisphere. Yes, there's quantitatively less sunlight going forward. And while we're on quantitative things, you know, your heart just kind of motors along while you're doing mortgage stuff, beating 32 million times a year on average, year in and year out, pumping about 2,000 gallons of blood each day. Up until recently, there were only about 2,000 to 2,500 heart transplants, but 2022 set a U.S. record with over 4,000. On average, that's only about six per month per state. But it has a big impact. Like being a loan officer and prospecting for loans, transplants are a numbers game. The majority of Americans, 95%, are in favor of organ donation. But only 58% are actually registered. The most commonly transplanted organs are the kidney, liver, heart, lungs, pancreas, and intestines. I'd say you should register today. It won't hurt a bit. (laughs) For today's interview, I'd like to welcome onto the show Morris Manning and Martin LLPs, Bonnie Hodgman-Rothel, to talk about risks and legal considerations for lenders in a high-rate environment. She's a partner at Morris Manning and Martin LLP's litigation practice and has first chaired hundreds of litigation matters throughout the U.S. and has prosecuted and defended appeals to the United States Supreme Court. Her clients include banks and institutional lenders, developers, holding companies, government agencies, public housing authorities, government contractors, entrepreneurs, commercial enterprises, foreign corporations, and individuals. She has unique experience in multifamily and healthcare matters involving HUD, Fannie Mae, USDA, Ginnie Mae, Freddie Mac, and private lending and mortgage originating and servicing companies. The Fed's pause at the June FOMC meeting was a, a signal that we're near or at the peak of this tightening cycle. But when it comes to the actual U.S. economy, where do you feel like the U.S real estate market is overall in terms of an economic cycle? Well, first of all, Robbie, thank you for inviting me to be here with you today. It's my honor. Um, So I am somewhat optimistic that the interest rates will not hit the heights of some of the prior recessions and that we're now leveling off. Um, That being said, I do not think well, first of all, I do think we will have a further adjustment. So I don't think we've seen the end of it. And I actually anticipate we'll have another upward adjustment or maybe even two. Um, so, you know, 
we're not at the end, but I don't think the interest rates are going to come down as fast as they came down in the past. So as a result, I think we're likely to see interest rates over 5% for a little bit of time. Once the market starts to understand that this is going to be the norm for some time, especially given the volume of loan maturities that are expected in 2024 and the next three to five years, I think we're going to start seeing more deals getting done. Uh, That said, when I think back to some of the historical market cycles, and I've been around to see quite a few of these, um, and how those market cycles have impacted the real estate market, there was, as I think one would expect, a slight delay between market crashes or recessions and then the fallout of those recessions in terms of an increase in defaults. So we haven't seen um, very high default rates, and I say that yet. So for example, during the last two recessions, and I'm going to put aside the pandemic because that was a short blip and had some other things going on. So I'm referencing basically the savings and loan crisis of 1989 that was coupled with higher interest rates, and then the subprime mortgage crisis in 2007 and 2008. During both of these, the actual loan defaults peaked a year or so after the so-called recession hit. So for example, in 1991 and 1992, a year or two after the savings and loan crisis, the commercial real estate sector experienced what I would think at the time was a record high loan defaults, bankruptcies, and workouts. And I remember those days, and it was an excess of 10%. Then in 2010, a good year or two after the subprime mortgage crisis, we experienced another high volume of troubled commercial loans, and that peaked at just shy of 9%. So I think the delayed effect of those recessions may be similar during our current cycle. So right now, bad economy, our default rate is still fairly low. I believe in the first quarter of 2023, it was only 0.76%. And so while I hope this slowdown of the interest rates will certainly open up the market for greater confidence to lend and borrow in the upcoming coming quarters, I do fear that the default rate will climb for a few more quarters before going back down. So the reason for this opinion is that the troubled loans may end up defaulting despite the leveling off of interest rates. Um, If the loans for certain projects are reaching maturity, um, and if their interest rates are still higher than they currently, than the loans currently carry, those borrowers may not be able to make it work. So overall, I think the leveling off of the interest rates is a signal in the right direction. And I do believe the overall real estate market is going to recover but not before we experience some more defaults. I'm with you on the default side of things there. And and one place that we've been hearing about it is in the commercial real estate space with primarily class B or class C offices. And this podcast normally talks about residential real estate, but I'm I'm very interested in the commercial side of things. And I think it will be a good change of pace. So in that regard, do you anticipate that the commercial real estate borrowing and lending will be more active over the second half of this year? And then it's been for the past six months? Or, I mean, are certain sectors of the commercial real estate industry going to be uh, 
you know, more impacted or less impacted. In the in the end, loans need to get done. And I think there have been some borrowers that were waiting to see if the rates are going to get better before completing deals. Um, and the lenders want to make deals. So that being said, I think there's definitely a shift in where the credit is going to be coming from in terms of the investors and also a shift in what deals are going to get done. So, for example, clearly office deals right now are are most troubling. Um, and I, I don't have a prediction as to where that's going to go um, and when um, a, a larger percentage of um, businesses are going to decide or if they're going to decide to go back to in-person office space. So office, I think, is, is a unique situation right now. But I think in the industrial sector and the multifamily um, arena, I think those deals are going to start coming back and quickly um, and strongly. Um, I think retail is one that um, could go either way. And I am personally continuing to watch healthcare because there, with the shortage of nursing staff um, and supply chain issues, I think that's had a particularly large impact on skilled nursing projects. So in the, um, uh, you know, assisted living or more specifically in the nursing home arena, I think we're going to see more defaults. And quite frankly, right now, that's where I'm seeing the most defaults. Um, there's also um, more likely than not a shift in where the investors are coming from. So in the multifamily arena, I think HUD and the agencies will have a more active lending role um, before the banks get back into that market. So very quickly, what, what are some reasons for your optimism when it comes to the multifamily space? What do you see in there? Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and HUD are all poised um, to do business. I think that there is a great need right now for affordable housing, multifamily housing. I also think there's a very large volume of multifamily that's going to come to maturity in the next five years. And I think that the GSEs and HUD um, are both poised and capable of stepping in to fill that gap. I think that there's also a significant understanding um, of the need for low-income housing by this administration and hopefully um, you know, with the interest rates leveling off, those deals will be getting done over the next couple of years. And going back to the commercial space, which we we had touched on, what do you anticipate from a risk management or litigation perspective when it comes to commercial real estate for the remainder of this year and into next year? This is definitely a time for lenders to be poised to handle risk and they should certainly have their special servicing and their legal teams prepared for the worst. Um, while I do anticipate more loan defaults and special servicing needs over the next 12 months, I, I certainly don't expect that we're going to experience the volume we saw in of, the, of defaults um, that we saw in the early 2000s. I think that one of the issues that all servicers should have on the top of their mind is insurance. Um, there's definitely a an insurance issue um, hitting us right now, an insurance crisis, and um, insurance costs are astronomical, which is impacting deals. 
I think that both developers and lenders are going to need to get more creative than ever in the past in order to avoid foreclosures and bankruptcy. And in particular, out of desperation, um, also screams out more fraud and more overselling and puffery. So advocate caution and scrutiny on new deals. So I think that we will see some more bankruptcies. We'll see more workouts. Um, but if the interest rates do remain steady or or eventually come down a little bit, I think we'll be able to avoid um, massive defaults. And I want to close by asking you, how are you advising clients to best prepare from a legal perspective or from a risk perspective? Beefing up and preparing your special servicing and legal team so that you have those ducks in in an order. order. I think that history um, is very informative and we have a lot of fresh people in the industry um, handling the servicing and subservicing that might not have been through prior cycles. So get educated, learn what has happened in the past in order to um, potentially weaken the blow in the future and and just be prepared you know monitor your projects uh analyze incoming new projects you know scrutinize you know your underwriting and um a good servicer is going to be constantly monitoring and inspecting their projects to make sure their portfolio is still solid when that the first sign of a loan you know, a missed payment or anything, you know, uh, suspicious comes up, don't wait, you know, look into it. You know, in other words, don't don't go into this, you know, with your head in the sand, you know, go into this with your eyes wide open. Very well put. And I couldn't agree more. Bonnie, thank you very much for your time today. I found this highly informative and uh, very much appreciate having you on the show. Well, Robbie, it was a pleasure being here. And thank you so much for your great questions. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell will have an opportunity this week to clarify what many found a confusing message on the path of interest rates, with the added task of assuring Democrats and Republicans the economy is on track. Who the heck would want that job? Rates dropped to open the holiday shortened week despite a report that residential construction is gaining momentum. Housing starts rose 5.2% above April to a 1.63 million annualized figure in May which exceeded expectations. The number is still down 12.7% from May 2022, and total starts are down 15.5% on a year-to-date basis. Continued growth in new home construction is consistent with improving home builder sentiment and an ongoing lack of existing homes for sale. Building permits rose to 1.49 million. This morning, the industry learned that mortgage applications increased 0.5% from one week earlier, according to the data from the Mortgage Bankers Association's Weekly Mortgage Application Survey. It's nice to see an increase, albeit small, and not another decline. The rest of the week won't have much in the way of market-moving data, but we will have plenty of Fed speak, including Fed Chair Powell heading to Capitol Hill for his semi-annual testimony today and tomorrow. Markets will also receive remarks from Chicago President Goolsby and Cleveland President Mester. Today's data, besides the MBA's application data, only has supply and demand monitoring with a treasury auction of $12 billion of reopened 20-year bonds. 
We begin the day with agency MBS prices roughly unchanged from Tuesday afternoon. The 10-year yielding 3.75 after closing yesterday at 3.73%, and the two years at 4.71%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Leading up to the local election, two opposing candidates for county office happened to be sitting next to each other in the local diner. One turned to the other and said, You know why I'm going to win this election? Because of my personal touch. For example, I always tip waitresses really well and then ask them to vote for me. Oh, really? replied the other. I always tip a nickel and ask them to vote for you. <laughs> Thanks again to MCT and its Hedge Advisory Division. Download their recently released white paper, Mortgage Pipeline Hedging 101, for more information on hedging in today's market. And contact MCT to learn how BAM Marketplace is boosting investor set optimization and adding 12 basis points of profitability. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, Search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcasts from.